Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you theatre news, theatre reviews, and it hasn't been for a while because it's been a bit dry, but sometimes we make some theatre themed booze. We've not done a cocktail for a while and I've not made one especially for this podcast. Do you know what? This is just everyone in their 30s, isn't it? But I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. And I've not had time to think of an event uh, cocktail. So we've just gone to our go-to classic for this episode. Cheers. Cheers. That uh, wasn't a very loud. Let's do it again. Cheers. Cheers for the foley. Pick up that sound. Um, we're having vodka martinis, our favourite dirty vodka martinis mm. with olives. But this episode, so you've been on your holidays as always. So we've seen one show together, which is the new brand new musical... The Third Man at the Many a Chocolate Factory. And then I have reviews of Sasha Reagan's All Male The Mikado at Wilton's Music Hall. And the returning musical at Southern Playhouse, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which I would call a new musical because mm-hmm. it, it was first on in 2018 and now it's back in a slightly expanded form. So those are our three musical reviews for this episode. But before we get into those... Let's do our top tip. So, Alice, what is your top tip for this episode? Well, today, Sunset Boulevard went on sale. I had totally forgot about this production being announced. Well, I actually sent it to you when it got announced and you didn't reply. Still waiting. Oh, well, maybe I was so stunned. I think I I did it on Instagram and you probably just read it. I do remember seeing it and thinking, wow, and then we just didn't talk about it. Mm, So, it stars Nicole Scherzinger as Norma Desmond. Yep. When we went to see it, we saw Glenn Close playing Norma Desmond. Yeah. Um, and then this production, in, so it's a musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm-hmm. And this production will be directed by Jamie Lloyd, who we really like. Oh, yeah, he did the Evita in Regent's Park that was very yes. cool. Um, yeah, he's very sort of like edgy. Mm, really cool director. What else have we seen by Jamie Lloyd? I feel like... Did he not do Year in Town back in the day? Because I yes. feel like he used to be at the other palace. Absolutely. God, your knowledge is amazing. So when we saw this product, when we saw this musical at the Coliseum, yeah, we were kind of a bit apprehensive because we're not huge Andrew Lloyd Webber fans. We're yes, not, we didn't grow up listening to this one. No, we're not. I'm not a phantom of the opera girl. You know, no. I just they're a bit cheesy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we loved Sunset Boulevard. We yeah. really liked the songs in it. We liked. It's obviously based on a really famous movie from like uh, a noir sort of Hollywood thriller, crime noir. And so the score for this one has that Hollywood sound, which we really like more than his kind of phantom gothic pop synth sound. Mm-hmm, exactly. It was, and it was, we you know, it's all about a sort of aging film star. So it's all about kind of Hollywood and the, Anna. yeah, and about, um, you know, she tries to make a comeback, but the talking pictures have come in and she was a silent film star. So yeah. it's inter- It's an interesting story as yeah. well. So uh, this arrives at the Savoy Theatre, which is the theatre that's on the Strand. And we've yeah. seen quite a few things there. We've seen... Gypsy was there. Seen Dream Gypsy Girls there, was Dream there. Girls. Pretty Women's There at the moment, which we've not seen. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, that was there. So what I will say about the theatre is it's a very old traditional theatre in that it's not got great sight lines so when we saw dream girls we sat medium price seats on the first circle at the back at the back and they were still like 69 pounds and i remember being there thinking these aren't good enough seats mm-hmm. we should have paid like 120 and gone further down yeah so um i'm not sure i think this would be one to maybe get on today ticks do you reckon maybe or yeah because i had a look can... and 87 pounds i reckon was the best seat 
worth having. Because if you you're sitting get, at the back of the stalls, there are £47.50. There's quite a lot of overhang at the back of the stalls. Mm, and you just you do, do feel, feel far away. Mm-hmm. So if you love this musical, book it, obviously. If you don't go to the theatre very often, maybe you're happy to pay that price. Yeah. If not, do what we do and we will keep our eye on today ticks to see if they're doing any offers. It's on from the 18th of September till the 6th of January. So you've got a long time to see it as well. It's quite a good well, run. Well, yeah, not that. Not, do you know what I mean? Sometimes time flies, doesn't it, with these runs where you think that's a long time. But actually, late September, so it's October, November, December, run up to Christmas. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it will, these things seem long, but we need, we need to make sure we see it. Yes, yeah, so but, that's Open Sim September, Sunset Boulevard, which is an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical starring Nicole Scherzing. I'm really excited to see her on stage. Well, when we saw her, at, I think it was like a few Christmases ago, you said that she had been in a TV musical production, like a live of musical Annie. of Annie, and she was really good she in it. She was really good. And she did Cats in the West End, and apparently it was very good, but that's a small role, big song, small role, whereas this is her as the, the lead. So, and also in this role especially, I think that you want... The Norma Desmond character has to kind of have the automatic gravitas of us believing she was a big movie star, and I feel like that will be something Nicole Scherzing has just yeah, instinctively because she's a big pop star. So I think when she comes down the stairs, you're, the audience will feel at home with We're her in the presence as the big of star. somebody that we believed had this um, yeah, this amazing yeah, gamut. Yeah. yeah, very excited for that. So t- I I've been away on holiday as always. As two always. holidays. <laughs> yeah, I've done two holidays. So you've been. You had to go and see three shows without me? No, just two shows without you. Just two shows without me. Yeah, so let's start with The Mikado by Sasha Reagan, because I know you're really upset to have missed that one because we've seen all of Sasha Reagan's other work. Um, We talked about it on this podcast a lot. Sasha Reagan does all-male Gilbert and Sullivan productions with kind of a young male cast, mostly young. So they're full of energy. They're very funny because the men play all the sort of high soprano female parts so you get kind of comedy from that but it's done in like a sincere they play it straight mm-hmm. so to speak um but her productions are so inventive she's her staging is always brilliant so this Mercado is one of Gilman Sullivan's most famous operettas I guess three little maids from school are we tit willow like it's got some of the big songs and people know it probably most of Gilbert and Sullivan, yes. set in Japan. But it's the one Sasha Reagan I've not seen yet. So this production was on f- 10, 15 years ago. Have you seen the Mikado before? Yeah, we saw the um, one of the e and Special Opera. And we saw the little Charles Court one. Dolly in... Court, what was it called? No, the Doily Cart was oh. the original production, uh, the original Gilbert and Sullivan. Oh, yes. It was called the, what are they called? Uh, in and... Angel, at the pub yes. Angel. Yeah, and you're right. it's a really small company. Um, so this is somewhere between because it's not a small, super small company, but it's kind of a smaller production. And the staging or the the framework for this production is that it's a group of Boy Scouts look sort of Victorian, maybe in their outfits. And so at the beginning, we see these Boy Scouts and then they, I guess, start, they sort of do little tweaks to their costume and they dress up and then put on the Mikado sort of thing. So they're always in these Boy Scout outfits that have been adapted to look different so that's the kind of the overarching structure I guess is that it's some kids playing and telling this fantastical story set in Japan which kind of skirts around the having set something in Japan without a Japanese mm-hmm. cast kind of thing which maybe nowadays would seem a bit like how do you a bit problematic how do you do that perhaps so this is quite I thought this was actually quite a fun what's the word for it like a 
just the device of having them kind of perform because then also the silliness of it really comes across because you're like this is the sort of silly children's fantastical story um because the story's wild people are being put to death for flirting in japan and then the wife has to be buried alive with her husband and but it's all played for for extreme comedy so i thought that kind of silly setting made it work really well and the staging's just so inventive sasha mm. reagan just just the tableau she creates with the cast when everyone is doing something mm-hmm. all the time and i think with gilbert and sullivan i sort of listened to a lot of the songs and thought this could be quite hard to stage because the operetta of it all is much less like a musical where there's a driving force or a really obvious place for a chorus to be involved, like Oklahoma, with all the townsfolk singing. Mm-hmm. This is often one or two people doing a sort of little aria. Right. So the way that she does, the way that Sasha Reagan stages these moments is so clever. There's such, one of them is just a sort of love song, a tragic love song sung towards the end, and it's just staged with a bicycle pump. <laughs> and I won't sort of ruin it, but just that little idea is so funny. And all and actually the... very brave of her, because that's the sort of thing where you could over-talk it and overthink it and think, yeah. that's a bicycle pump, no, what was I thinking? And she's gone... No, let's see how it goes. Yes. She's done it and she's had her conviction and she's gone, no, it works. It's really funny. I'm yeah. going to keep that. Yeah, and there's so many funny moments like that. And also, just like I said, with when the whole company are on, she's just thought of something for everyone to do that feels natural, like these two people. And you can, your eye can go anywhere and find a funny, inventive way of them doing something. And the whole cast is super, super talented. Was it funny? It was, yeah. It was like like the audience were howling. I went on a press night, I should say, so that always gets a bigger because mum went with bigger you, reaction. And I asked her what she thought of it, and mum thought that it was she sort of highlighted more about the sinister storyline. Well, she doesn't. I mean, we slightly differ on that because she just doesn't like because obviously the main thing is that he has been put to death, and then it turns out that he'll be beheaded and she'll be buried alive with him. So that is sinister. But I think that just gets into mum's head too much and she's kind of worrying about the outcome. Yeah. Will she be buried alive? I can just feel it. But I'm like, it's the Mikado. We know she won't. Yeah. It's all done for silliness. So that doesn't bother me as much. But I know that, you know, mum doesn't like things like the, the thought. Of if it's is... not Sound of Music and Rainbows no. and Whiskers on Kittens. She's also a thinker though. So I know she's thinking about being buried alive. Yeah. If you know what I mean. She's thinking about it too much. I'm like... Mum's got too much of a vivid imagination, probably. She does. So I didn't find that as problematic. And I thought it was really, really funny. Yeah, I just I thought it was really good. So I think Sasha Reagan's productions are always worth seeing. And I think this Mikado is no different. I would definitely go and see it. If you don't know Gilbert and Sullivan, I think you'll enjoy it. If you do, I think you'll enjoy it. It's Yeah, it's a big recommendation for me. So the Mikado runs at Wilton's Music Hall in East London until the 1st of July. So it's not actually that long a run. And I would highly recommend you go and see it. Ticket prices range from you can get some cheapies in there in the balcony for about £12.50 to £20. And then in the stalls, you've got kind of £25 seats on the edges. And in the middle, it's around £30 um, in the weekday, I think. And they go up a little bit, probably at the weekend, up to about... 32, 35, so really affordable. And it is just really good fun and some really good voices. And Gilbert Sullivan's music is is brilliant. Like, they wrote some amazing stuff. Like, those tunes, you're just like, how did they get 
so much good stuff out. I actually remember going, I liked the Mikado so much I went and saw it, it twice. At the ENO. Yeah. Yeah, it is re- it's really good and this production's super fun. I'll see any Sasha Regan. This one didn't let me down. So that's Sasha Regan's all-male The Mikado at Wilton's Music Hall till the 1st of July. I do really, really recommend it. Um, it's an old theatre. It's the oldest music hall in London, so it's kind of worth going for the history. The building looks cool, but obviously it's not modernly air-conditioned, so I would say over this heatwave we're having, wear some light clothes, maybe take a little fan. Um, it wasn't the worst I've been in, but it's warm in summer. But it's it's such a cool building, the Wilton's Music Hall. Highly recommend it. It's nice that they play house heat. No, although I obviously am going to do Benjamin Button at the end, which is the new Southwark Playhouse venue. Oh. Different story in terms of heat. But before we do The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, let's do a show that we both saw, which we saw last night, night before, I forget. Last night. Oh, no, it wasn't last night. Night before, we went and saw a brand new musical of The Third Man which is a famous novel turned into a kind of more famous, like an iconic film with Orson Welles. Again, a, um, what was I talking about? Oh, Sunset Boulevard. It was uh, in that period of Hollywood, neo-noir, mm-hmm. um, or noir. Just noir. Maybe just noir. Maybe just noir. Not neo, just noir. I know things can be noir, but can they ever be neo-noir? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so this is a musical based on... So this is a brand new musical based on that book and movie, and it's on at the Menia Chocolate Factory. It has music by George Fenton, book and lyrics by Don Black and Christopher Hampton, and it is directed by Trevor Nunn, obviously one of Britain's most famous directors. Um, we actually saw, the last time we went to Menia was a Trevor Nunn. Didn't he do Bridges of Madison County? He did. So I think he must, I don't know if he has an affiliation there, actually, because he's done a few things there. Mm. Um so, yeah, brand new musical. We didn't know what to expect. We're not that familiar with the movie, are we? No, I mean, I didn't know what to... I've seen I've seen clips of the film and I know roughly what it's about. And I know it's set in Vienna. Just after the Second World War has ended. Spies. Spies. Um, mistake, secret, I don't want, you know. It's very, very... Um, noir. Yeah, it's very noir. <laughs> That's the only way to say it. So, I only really went to see this because... Trevor Norman's directing, which I thought was kind of interesting. Also, that we'd just had a family holiday in Vienna. Yeah. And there's not often a show that the whole family kind of want to go and see. Yes, exactly. Philip really likes the movie and the book. This sort of ticked all the boxes for everybody. And I have to say, I haven't really thought about it since. It didn't really leave any kind of impression. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I just was like, that was a fine... That was a fine evening out. It was nice. But would I see that again? No. Because the, the story is about this friendship between, you know, old school friends and then one of them's kind of done the other one over, is essentially... He goes to Vienna because his friend's been found dead, but then as he starts to unravel more, the circumstances of that death are very suspicious. And and his friend's, like, character is brought into question and he's like, why why have I actually been brought here? What's he mixed up in? Yeah. What's he mixed up in? So it's a male-heavy story and there's, like, one, like, sort of sub plot of love interest with the girl she's not quite a femme fatale either you know because in noir they were very male based and simplistic but at least sometimes you got a more complex female character in the femme fatale but it's not like a central story so i wasn't kind of pulled in by that and didn't really wasn't really pulled in by the story about the friends either then you've got the songs in it which you made a really good point in the interval and you were saying that the songs hadn't really got us anywhere Mm mm-hmm and I thought, yeah, they haven't. There's not really a memorable song, and the songs aren't also moving the plot on. So I didn't even really like the songs. So for me, it's a miss. 
Well, yeah, Don Black wrote the book and lyrics, and having spoken of Sunset Boulevard, he did Sunset Boulevard with Andrew Lloyd Webber, he wrote Diamonds of Forever and lots of the Bond songs. So he's a pedigree of a um, lyricist, and George Fenton, who did the music, has not done a lot of theatre, but is a big film and TV composer, very famous, but hasn't really done a lot of stage work, and I think that showed. Mm. And for me, okay, I'll say what I thought was positive was the set was like many a chalk factory is a small, tiny theatre, but it always feels very professional, like nice staging. The atmosphere they create in there is really good. The lighting is on point. Mm-hmm. The band sounded really good. So technically they put on a really professional, slick production yes. in a small space. And Trevor Nunn directed the kind of action well of, of you know, it was it was slickly done mm-hmm. and the performances were good. But for me, I just thought, take all the songs out. I think I feel, I have thought about it since. And I've thought, they, that I just thought how, I'm kind of embarrassed for them. Yeah. That they wrote those songs. They not only don't get you anywhere, they were slowing everything down and they weren't even songs. In the whole show, we applauded three times. So the music is not used in a traditional way of, here's a big song. Here's the intro, we're starting a song. The, it's so not we applauded like that. three times, which was when the female character, she works at a cabaret. And so so there's a bit of a show. There were performances that ended and we clapped. But all the other songs, they purposefully brought dialogue back straight in so we couldn't clap. And I don't know what that choice is about. Mm. It's almost as if they're saying the songs aren't important or they wanted them maybe to feel more filmic and intrinsically part of the story. But they were so slight for a start. They barely had, some Mm. of them were really short. They barely had melody and they often lyrically just told the plot in such a basic way. And the rhyming, I mean, I was quite, I was kind of cringed by some of the rhymes, you know, of how simplistic they are. Mm. Just, I think, oh no. You're like, really? Really, this is it? Yeah. So I kind of think there's a an, a pretty okay play for someone like Philip who liked the book and the movie. I think he would have actually enjoyed this same production with all the songs removed because it would have just told the story. You yeah. would have been like, that's a, the story I like being done as a play. Why add the songs unless the songs are really good? Adding or, emotion. Or if you or... thought like Android Webber did, let's do this um, sort of 1940s lush Hollywood film score as a musical and he's woven those big orchestral sweeps into his normal ballad writing and songwriting this they didn't feel like they had any references atta- no, no. They, they were just no so- like they weren't songs, no songs they, apart from the cabaret ones songs. and they were just a bit drear it, I feel really bad for everyone involved because this is quite a long run at the many I mean I don't want to just pile on negatives but when I think about it more the direction kind of bothered me as well I know it's a small space for the actors to work in but I feel like sometimes when they're doing these like walking scenes they didn't have enough places to walk to so they were Mm -hmm. kind of like turning to try and use as much of the stage and I felt that was a bit awkward yeah I felt like the physicality between the like the main guy and the woman he's supposed to be involved with they didn't even look physically comfortable together so no it's underwritten well because they don't have a love song that brings us that's the whole point of a musical is when it can't be said sing it yes people will say we're in love or from oklahoma that tells you the story that in a way that characters can say it to each other but because it's done in a song it reveals something and that that never happened here so we never got revealed to us why they liked each other they just at one point sang i thought she didn't like him didn't she say the whole way through she was in love with the other guy yeah something i don't know i I don't know either so it was kind of fine to watch. I just kept thinking, get rid of these 
awful songs. I feel bad to say that, but they're, it's one of the most boring and perfunctory scores I've ever heard. Oh my God, put that on the front of the poster. Yeah. Oscar and Alice say this play was fine. Oscar, it's one of the most dull and perfunctory scores I've ever heard. Well, you know this me, I like music. I like the songs and things. Yeah. And these were just like, <laughs> terrible. And I think anyone now, you know, Philip doesn't like musicals, and I've sat there thinking, well, he's definitely not going to like them now. Well, that was the thing. That That's not of... going to get anyone one over. Well, that was the other thing. We had two family friends that were invited, and I was like, I feel they don't go to the theatre very often, so they'll be thinking night out at theatre, and I thought... No, sometimes we should we take them to see really good stuff. I wish we'd taken them to see, you know, Sadler's Wells has got um, 42nd Street on it. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, there's and some I, proper good stuff. Let's go and see. If we're going to see things with people who don't see theatre very often, I feel like I'm kind of annoyed. I don't know how the the Claire's will feel about you saying they don't see theatre very often. Oh, that's true. Because I, I mean, know, when I say not very often, know, we go and see like one thing a week. and Because Claire's always going, Cranny Claire, that's mm. what we call her, she's always going to see the live screenings of things. So I feel like... She will not like you besmirching her theatre going. I, I think she goes a lot. I am absolutely blasted on Just social media for this, aren't I? people don't live in London, they're seeing things at Guildford, at the Electric Theatre. They're Woking. going to Ivanano. They're going to Woking. Yeah. Claire, write in I... to our PO box and tell us of all the things you've seen. Because I know Claire sees lots I'd of I'd like stuff. to issue the apology now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I meant by that comment. But I do know what you're saying, that when people, we've all, it felt like a trip up to London because we had people coming from outside. We all That's met That's what up, I meant, really. And it was just a we little don't bit all go like... To, they go to theatre, but we don't all go and together. do these excursions together. And it felt like a waste of getting everyone yeah, out. Yeah, and the excitement of a brand new show. We've not discovered something great here, which is a shame. But that is the risky run with theatre. But the tickets for this aren't cheap either. So it runs until September the 9th at the Mini Chocolate Factory. And tickets are about £45. It's a small space, so I think you can get maybe 39 to 45 to Some of them are like 57 So to summarise our three quotes... To summarise our three quotes, we're fine. The most dull and perfunctory score you've ever heard. And something new, but not something great. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Well, we knew this review was going to be a dud. It wasn't good. It's fun to be natty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Don Black. Sorry to hate it, but sometimes we just don't yeah. like things. He's done some great stuff, so that was a real shame, because that was part of the reason I was excited. I was like, I know that name, Don Black, that, that's Calibre, but no. No, no, no. But... It's a hard pass. It's a hard pass. But let's move on to our final review, or my final review, which is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button at Southern Playhouse. Elephant. They knew, they knew. And you reviewed this before and said it was good. And 2019, so when it, 2018. So when it came back to Southern Playhouse, I was like, I need to go see this. I remember you really enjoying it and seeing saying how um, imaginative it was and that it's a cast that you use their instruments. That's what I remember you saying the first time around. Yeah, so you can listen to my original review way back when, 2018, 2019, at the Southwark Playhouse, um, the original location, Borough, and it's a small... And it was in the small space. Now they've moved to the brand new, newly opened Southwark Playhouse Elephant, and they've expanded the production and they've expanded the number of cast. I think it was something like six people first time around, and now we've got... 12, 14, like it's a much bigger cast. This is based on the F. Scott Fitzgerald short story. People might know the film with Brad Pitt. Curious Case of Benjamin Button about a a man that is born as an old man and then he ages backwards throughout his life. So over his 90 years, he gets younger and younger and younger. I can't stop laughing. I just need to say this. Yeah, (laughs) say it. I just remembered, you know, when you just said then... The, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, the film with Brad Pitt. Yeah. It made me think of when in that film, Orange County, where the teacher is like, now we all remember this. Oh, what do you think of when you think of Shakespeare? That's right. 
Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Claire Danes. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, well. And then he know. says something like, you know, that, that famous film? It's also a book. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I feel like you're thinking, like, yeah, okay. Well, look, people. I'm glad I got that on my system. Yeah. <laughs> it's just good stuff. People will know the movie, but you might have read the short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald, who wrote um, Great Gatsby, also a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, also a book. <laughs> so it's a it's a wild story, um, and this production, as I said, is all actor musicians. So every single actor in this also plays an instrument and does all the <laughs> right. You get get your giggles out. I can't. And so it's a brand new. <laughs> right, stop. So this is a brand new score written by Darren Clark, and the book, lyrics, and the direction are done by Jethro Compton. And so obviously the same team that did it back at Southern Playhouse in 2018, they brought this back. I'm so glad they brought it back. Um, And the music, what it reminds me of a lot with the actors playing the instruments is the production of Amelie from recently, which you didn't see. No. But it very, for anyone who saw the new production of Amelie, it's got that vibe and musically it sounds like that because it's kind of folky and then musically it also reminded me a lot of come from away oh which yes. you did see so it's that same folky score and this version of benjamin button is set in cornwall um so it's kind of got that cornish folk a sea shanty if you will yeah not full sea, not full sea shanty vibes but that folkiness and the same folkiness that obviously come from way had because it was set on an island um and it has that same same sound and the same kind of driving score. This isn't fully sung through, like, come from way fully sung through. Well, there's very short scenes of dialogue, whereas this is more of a mix. But the music's really, really nice. I think it really reminded me of Come From Away in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, folky, kind of wholesome, just, yeah, it really and it really drives the story well. Speaking of a show, Third Man, that really didn't drive the story. This really does drive the story. It has a really nice kind of running motif of um, the songs called A Matter of Time, and that repeats throughout as we go through Benjamin Button's life. And the company are so talented in this. Like, it's just mind-boggling that they are both the performers and the orchestra. And the sound now that we've got this many people is so rich. It's like really big, big, wow, lovely sound. You've got I just can't believe they can all play instruments and act violins, cellos, woodwind, guitars, piano, drums, like, and they, they all do it all while wow. being in the scene. It's really, really cool. They all sing together beautifully. It's, I'm, when I saw it the first time, I said, this is going to be a big show. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this has got a big life. And then the pandemic happened, obviously, so we had to wait a while. And now it is back. And I think, like Operation Mincemeat, I think this will... I really hope this ends up in the West End. Really? Yeah, because I think it would be as successful as a kind of Come From Away. Obviously, the story's not as amazing as Come From Away because everyone has that connection to 9-11 and it was a real human story that happened. This is more fantastical, but at the same time, it's got universal themes of, you know, time and love and relationships and what it means, connection and all that sort of thing. But the music's just really good. And I think the audience, when I saw it, and I think audiences are just blown away by the level of talent to see people 
playing instruments, multi-rolling, playing various characters throughout while playing instruments, playing a full, rich, complicated score. This is not like a simple score. This is, I, I don't know, I was really, really, really blown away. Because I was worried that you might be saying... It, it wasn't the same as when I saw it first time. In such time. a small, intimate, and it was so quirky. And sometimes quirky things, once you put them on a bigger stage, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's not really filling this yeah. space. This this thing that felt like a bit of a sketch I happened to be watching. Yeah. Now I'm like, I'm watching it in a professional theatre. Yeah, which we kind of said a little bit about Operation, Operation Mincemeat. This, for me, the expansion of it, I think only adds to its impressiveness. Because to go from six actor musicians pulling a show together is super impressive in its kind of thriftiness but when you expand you also get that expanded score and it's still super impressive that they're all playing it and I'm glad they didn't have a band that weren't acting as well the fact that they've kept it all acting musicians but up to the number of them makes it just all the more impressive okay well if I want to see it at the Southwark Playhouse I mean, how long should. do I have left mm, it runs until the 1st of July same as was that same as Mikado 1st oh, of July oh that's not very long at all that's two weeks away yeah, that isn't long at all. Oh. I, I know. Well, if you hadn't been on holiday, Al, we might have got this podcast recorded sooner and I could have got the word out on the street. Yeah, well, I th- I've already seen lots of kind of positive stuff about it online, so I feel like lots of people know about this already. But if you don't, I really, really do recommend it. At the Southwark Playhouse Elephant, which is the new venue, also very near the old one, just slightly south of the Elephant and Castle Roundabout. It's uh, it's very Donmar Warehouse in the layout at the moment. It's got one long line of seating kind of along the front of the stage, so to speak, and two little side bits. Mm-hmm. Now, the side bit that's on stage left, auditorium right, is where the air conditioning unit is. Lovely to have air conditioning at a Southwark Playhouse venue. That's okay. new, that's novel, it's fresh. We're loving it, we're here for it. I Thanks arrived. for investing the money in that. However, if you are sat directly below it, like I was on that stage left side block of seating you need to be wearing a professional wind proof clothing yes and everyone in our section on the end of that row we all moved in the interval luckily there were some spare seats because it, it was really cold wow so if you're saying it was knowing. really cold and you sleep with the window open all year round it must have been i had to put my hoodie up to like keep my ears it's like it... when i went to see bold and beautiful and i wore a glove and, mm. I, to, and I was seeing gloved hands going up in the air well it wasn't so much cold as windy Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. just sit in the main central block of seating or on stage right or go up in the circle because I don't know what it was like up there. Did you say how much tickets were? Tickets only £28 for all seats. That's incredible. Yeah, 28 quid in this. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really sell this one hard enough. that's so reasonable, especially when you think about spending time with people in London. What should we do? Let's go for a meal. Well, I've just dropped 80 quid and apparently had... Like just caught up with a friend, yeah, yeah. you can spend thirty pounds and have a drink and like. It's a yeah, nice... there's a little bar there, there's yeah. a cafe next door. Um, it's really, really good. It, if you liked the new production of Emily, if you like to come from away, maybe like once that kind of folky music, you'll really like this. And the cast are too talented. That's why Southwark like, Playhouse is such a good theatre. They do such interesting shows and it's affordable and in yeah, like a cost pounds. of living crisis people might be seeing theatre as like an, you know a luxury. Well you'd spend 45 going to see this new third man thing and I mean you know you can't compare everything but that's not good and this is fantastic Yeah, and it's £28 and I think it will have a life beyond this because I think the reviews it has been getting are deservedly fantastic and I think it is kind of yeah it's like the, I feel like it is the next kind of come from away just because of that this, yeah well I go and it. see go loved and see it. it at the Southwark Playhouse before it goes to the West End where it'll be double the price mm-hmm. so the curious case of Benjamin Button 
a new musical by Jessica Compton and Darren Clark is on at the Southwark Playhouse Elephant until the 1st of July. Don't miss it. I really think it's fantastic. Cool. Yeah, so that's it. Oh, I'm really pleased that you've seen something. Yeah, out of the things I would... Re- I mean, I'd say go see Mikado because you love Sasha Reagan and her things, but also I feel like this is this is really unique, um, okay. Benjamin Button, so I would recommend you I see will try it. and see it. I do think it's I am off to Greece cool. on Friday, but when I get oh back... Oh my God, can you stop going on holiday? <laughs> when I get back, I'll You're go. terrible. Well, you're going to miss Romeo and Juliet at the Armada Theatre, the new Rebecca Frecknell of Cabaret fame. No, I've forgotten yes. about that. Has it sold out? Um, I have not checked. That's Let's the... look at that now, because if it's sold out, I can sell my ticket back. And if not, then you can give it. I'm sure somebody else would like to go and see it with you. Yes, I have already invited someone else to have your ticket. Romeo and Juliet, they are made a theatre, as I said, directed by Rebecca Frecknell, who did Summer and Smoke, the new production of Cabaret, Streetcar Named Desire. Let me have a look for tickets. Please hold caller. There are tickets available. It's saying limited availability for most dates. This is and how much of the ones that are just out of interest if I do want to go, if you are like, this is a rave review. Yep. So 15th of June until you have till the 29th of July. So let's, let's scroll down to July and look it's at like one of the Tuesday. July dates and see what they've got. It's saying fair availability in fair availability where we lay our scene. <laughs> Very good. A few dotted around the stalls and quite a few in the balcony. Almeida always have some really good £25 seat in the balcony, back of the balcony. It's a pretty good seat. So, so you can get tickets for this. Are you seeing a preview? I'm seeing a preview. It starts on the 15th of June, which is today. So I'm seeing it next week. Okay, great. Because hopefully you can literally message me before the reviews come out. Because that's often the problem is that the reviews come mm-hmm. out, it gets five stars in The Guardian, and then everyone books it. The only reason I think this hasn't sold out already is because Romeo and Juliet, lots of people have seen maybe, so it's probably not the same excitement as like Streetcar, which doesn't come around as much. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if it gets the reviews, because of Rebecca Frecknell's growing profile, people will flood to this one. So yeah, I will let you know about Romeo and Juliet. We'll try and podcast again soon. It's been a, a little bit of a gap because you keep going on holiday. <laughs> Stop going on holiday. I wish I don't book these, by the way. People are inviting me. I'm getting opportunities. Oh my God, we get it. You're popular. You're so popular. So we've got that, and then A Strange Loop is coming to London, which is a new musical that was on Broadway very recently. Rave reviews of Broadway, and now it's coming to the Barbican, and a few people have mentioned it to me, and I had to look it up, and I was like, I've not heard of this. Yeah, it's kind of unique in that it's told uh, from the perspective of a queer black um, American guy wrote it, and did he write and star in it? But either way, that's quite kind of unique for Broadway to have a queer black voice in the centre of a big musical. So that's going to be on at the Barbican and I'm excited about that. I'm also going to see something at the National, which is the new play about Gareth... Oh, I'm, I'm going to see that as well. The Gareth Southgate one. The Gareth Southgate one. Yeah, by James Graham. It's on the 26th of June. We're going to see it. I've not put that in my calendar. And it's directed by a director that we like called... Oh, um, Rupert Gould. Rupert Gould. From the Armada. Yes. Oh, yes, I'm really looking forward to that. I can't believe I didn't put it in my diary. So yeah, we've got some exciting stuff coming up um, for the next episode. But again, thank you for listening to the Cup Podcast. And we'll be back, hopefully, soon with another episode. <laughs> but you just never know with this podcast. <laughs> but thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.